Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Andrew Weiland, editor at Biz Times Milwaukee. Uh, joining us for this week's episode is Brandon Andreg, reporter with Biz Times Milwaukee. Our normal host, associate editor Arthur Thomas, is on vacation this week. So it's me and Brandon talking about some of the more interesting stories of our week and uh, Brandon, how are you doing? First of all, I want to welcome you in. Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Good. A um, couple of stories we're going to talk about our stories that Brandon wrote this week. Um, one is, I want to start with Generac, which frankly is one of the most interesting and exciting companies in southeastern Wisconsin, um, growing rapidly. And the latest news is that they're expanding into Pewaukee. Um, Generac is, you know, their headquarters is, is just outside Waukesha in the town of Genesee. Um, Brandon, what's, what's Generac up to in Pewaukee? So from my understanding, it looks like, you know, Generac has, has purchased a, a former American family insurance building in Pewaukee. Uh, it's just north of Interstate 94 on a Bussy Road. Um, in the village of Pewaukee. It's a 75,000 square foot facility. And, and uh, what, I, what I'm told is that uh, they plan to move about 300 employees there. Um, it looks like it's going to be uh, this you know, new customer contact center uh, for the company um, where they're going to house uh, sales and support teams and some of their marketing team members will also be relocated there. Um, Generac CEO Aaron Yagfeld said uh, that um, you know they have outgrown their current headquarters facility, which is in the town of Genesee. Um, but uh, it looks like they're going to have majority of their you know corporate operations. Well, not even a majority; all of their corporate operations will remain, as well as research and development activities will remain in that town of Genesee uh, location. Um, so that is is the latest with Generac. So I'm going to pull my Pewaukee native card on you. And I'm pretty sure that's the city of Pewaukee. It gets confusing city versus village, but that's that area over by the freeway. That, that's the city of Pewaukee. Um, and it's a pretty familiar building to a lot of people. If you drive down I-94, you've probably seen the American Family Insurance um, office building, uh, American Family is planning to establish their, their southeastern Wisconsin office, their plan was to create an office in downtown Milwaukee, basically replacing this one in Pewaukee. But those plans are sort of uh, up in the air now um, with you know COVID-19 going on, a lot of people working from home right now. So that's kind of on hold. Um, but in the meanwhile, they've sold this building to Generac and you know the, the need for Generac's product, you know, it's the, the generators and, and the need for backup power systems um, just seems to continue to grow. And that has fueled massive growth for, uh, for Generac, correct, Brandon? Yeah, so they, um, you know, there's this, this um, home as a sanctuary trend, which is, you know, one of the latest growth trends for the company. It's this idea that, you know, more people are working from home, um, need to have reliable power, uh, backup power, higher demand for um, 
generators, residential generators. And then of course there were the storms in Texas earlier this year that has also kind of fueled growth for them. They've benefited from that. And in fact, uh, during the first quarter of, of this year, uh, they, Generac achieved its highest ever revenue for a single quarter, um, which increased about 475 million to about 807 million, um, which is, represents a 70% increase year over year. So um, they really have been growing very rapidly. I, as I understand from um, a statement from uh, the CEO in May, it seemed that they had already doubled their, their capacity to, to produce uh, residential generators over the last 12 to 18 months, but it looks like they're on pace uh, to do that again. And um, I think part of that strategy is this new facility and distribution center that they purchased in, in Trenton, South Carolina. Um, that's about a 400,000 um, 400, square foot facility uh, down there in, in South Carolina. Yeah, so a big uh, expansion with that facility, the South Carolina facility, but they're also growing locally, obviously, with, with this Pewaukee facility. Mm -hmm. They've been adding capacity at, you know, in Wisconsin at their production facilities here. Yeah, it's just, you know, as these severe weather events become more common, you know, every time you have one, uh, you know, it's, it's a bad, bad news for whatever area is getting hit by the severe weather, but it becomes good news on a business side for Generac because there's a, there's an increase in demand. Anytime you see this, whether it's a hurricane or, you know, you mentioned the, the Texas situation earlier this year, um, a huge cold snap, their infrastructure was not uh, prepared to handle that weather and they had massive problems with power outages. So anytime that happens anywhere, there's, you know, a, a huge increase in demand for, for generators and for Generac's products. And that works out to, to benefit Generac. So um, that, that business continues to grow. Um, let's, let's shift gears. One more story I want to talk about that Brandon was up to this week. Uh, in Milwaukee, the dockless scooters, um, much ado about the scooters and they've been quite a saga since they showed up a few years ago, unexpectedly. And, uh, people were riding them all over the downtown area, but the city cracked down on them because they weren't they weren't street legal and legislation was then passed to make them such. And then regulations were put in place on, you know, how, how the scooters, what, what the rules would be for the scooters in the city and uh, kind of on a trial basis, it was set up. And um, last year, I think during the pandemic, the scooters were basically gone, but they returned this year. I think, you know, I think we had that trial year, then they were gone and they didn't, well, I think it was evaluated how that went. And then there was a pandemic, so they weren't, they didn't come back, but this year they were back and a lot of people right. were riding them around. Um, saw a lot of people riding them down to the Deer District for the, uh, for people who were going down to watch the Bucks play either in person or um, outside on the screens. But now the city has uh, put the kibosh on the scooters because uh, too many people ride them on the sidewalks, right, Brandon? 
That's right. Yeah. So they didn't have the scooters this past year. Um, give give city council and other city officials some time to think about how they were going to implement uh, or allow the scooters in, in in Milwaukee. And they had this, you know, put together this pilot program that uh, uh, had a bunch of rules that were that were um, you know set for the the scooter electric scooter operators um, to follow. And one of those rules was that um, less than or no more than 10% of rides um, could be on sidewalks. And so what happened was that they had a third party consultant go out and um, you know watch scooter riders uh, in a pretty high traffic intersection. And within that time frame of, of kind of measuring and looking at uh, scooter usage, they discovered that uh, you know 30% of the riders were riding on scooters. So um, sidewalks. Uh, on on sidewalks correct and um and so the result was that they basically told bird lime and spin which are the main companies that are part of the uh pilot program that they could not um deploy any scooters in this area called zone one which includes you know downtown includes east town west town and historic third ward and even um some neighborhoods around um Marquette University campus. Um, and then also riders cannot uh, initiate new trips in those areas either. Um, and so that's kind of where things uh, stand right now. Um, approximately 27% of the 298,000 trips taken in 2021 originated in this zone one. Um, so it's quite a big deal for these, for these operators. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that there appears to be uh, a way for city council to immediately reinstate um, scooter rides in, in that zone one. They're going to have to kind of get together and talk about it and, and meet with the um, operators to, to figure out a plan. Yeah, has there been any indication on what the next step is? So once that threshold is, is, is breached, as far as the, the, the 10% goes, it, it was part of a resolution that uh, the city council put together um, to kind of keep uh, sidewalk rides at a, at a minimum. And in that, in that resolution, they did not put together, uh, it was not even a resolution, it was a provision. Uh, they did not put together a, a means of, of reinstating um, scooter rides in the zone one area. Um, but it also appears that city council and city officials in general are fans of, of, the, of the electric scooters. They do like them. Um, you know, they like the idea of micromobility. They like the idea of citizens being able to get around the streets and, and visit businesses and, you know, spend money and, and enjoy um, what Milwaukee has to offer. But they just want to make sure that this is happening in a safe way. And when you've got you know, those scooters, which you know, go pretty quickly when we have those on the sidewalk, it's just really, you know, not safe um, for people walking around, they say. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very innovative, you know, transportation, you know, method to have, you know, scooters that, you know, are basically parked on the sidewalk, you know, using a smartphone app to activate it, to pay for it, to operate it. And then you just leave it wherever. Um, but you know, it's a it's a it's an interesting private sector transportation solution, you know, in the city. But um, 
you know, there's a lot of safety questions that come up, you know, as you pointed out, people are riding them on the sidewalk, you know, that's a danger, you know, they're pretty fast and this is a dangerous situation for pedestrians. But right. I'm sure the main reason that people are riding them on the sidewalk is if you're on a little scooter on a busy street, you'd rather be on the sidewalk than, you know, mixing in with vehicular traffic. Right. Um, so that's going to kind of bring up, I think you're going to see more discussions about, you know, how streets are, you know, how, how transportation infrastructure in the city is laid out, how streets are laid out. We've seen in recent years, some changes to some of the streets to create, you know, bike lanes, you know, this whole kind of complete street idea that accommodates, you know, bikes and not just cars and plus pedestrians and, you know, trying to do that in a safe way. A lot of people, I think, who are bike advocates will say, well, just creating a bike lane isn't enough. There should be some kind of a barrier that separates the bike lane from the, the car lanes. So I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about how to do this all safely. But um, hopefully there's a resolution. And, you know, there, maybe there's technological ways that the scooters can get shut down if they're being run on a sidewalk instead of a, a street. Is that, is that a possibility? Yeah, that's actually a point that I had forgot to mention that I think is definitely worth bringing up. You know, so these operators have worked with the city and have kind of created their own technologies to um, have the, the scooters shut off um, when they're on the sidewalks. I don't think all do that. I think maybe only one or two of the operators have that technology. And in some cases, it might be something they're still looking to implement and that it may not even be implemented in all Um of their scooters, maybe just a, a portion of the fleet. That part is not clear yet, but some do also have notifications too that that ping your phone when you're, you know, you've been on the sidewalk and, and they'd like you to to get off. And um, so, but that's actually a, another a thing that kind of remains to be seen is you know how how the city is going to uh, enforce. You know how how are they going to hold these scooter companies accountable to implementing these technologies and um, you know how they're going to manage it because I think right now from what I understand if you're if you're in outside of zone one in another part of the city um, you could get on a, on, a, on a scooter and and take it into zone one and you would be riding it in zone one now if you got off that scooter and ended your trip it wouldn't be able to be you know you couldn't reactivate it for another trip but uh that's that's another point that's kind of unclear right now so yeah well a lot to be worked out but hopefully hopefully it is because i think that the scooters are, are a benefit to city life um as long as some of these issues can be worked out you know anytime you have a new innovation like this you know and i know there's been issues as well as where the scooters are left they're like you know tossed in the right of way right. or in in the river or something you know, that, that can't happen either. So hopefully um, these issues can be worked out and the, the scooters can continue to be something that clearly there's, there's people who like to use it. And uh, I think it, it adds to the vitality and life of the city. So hopefully solutions are found. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Um, the, the weekly debrief. Thanks for tuning in. Read more uh, about these and other uh, hot local business stories at our website, biztimes.com. Have a good weekend and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.